Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now watch that is not on my hand i see that it is friday night it is 11 o'clock we have no will Allred. my best buddy has a comic convention tomorrow morning and he has to get up bright and early so i said uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna get in the captain's chair and, and do it on my own and the reason i can do it on my own is we've got returning friends we have baron b and dave steinborn who have been here they know they know the show they know the way it the way it goes, they know how to do it. So I'm going to get up. I'm going to leave it to them. You guys have a great night. Uh, never. I would never because I want to hear about these campaigns. Um, as you guys know, what we like to do is a little 30-second uh, pitch on each campaign. And I'm hearing some some static. Is that me? I think that was me. Okay, cool. Uh, we turn the microphone off. We turn it back on, and uh, we're better. Um, 30-second pitch, Baron B. I know that you're probably not going to meet me at the Fort Lauderdale Con this Sunday. Uh, shout out in South Florida if anybody wants to come uh, come talk comics. I will be there. But if you were, you were behind your booth, how would you get somebody's attention on Crossroads? Um, so with words or with pictures? Because honestly, if we were at a con, we'd be like, look at this pretty art. <laughs> I think that, that is exactly, you use your words, you say, look at this pretty art, but then you follow it up with this horror. Ah. I, saw, I saw Supernatural, I saw X-Files. So, um, you know, we're going to use our words for the 30 seconds. Okay, we can do that. Um, so... It's not like we're writers. No, it's not like we're writers or anything. <laughs> um, so, you know what? Like, You're writers, not talkers, and that is okay. Thank you. Thank you for making that distinction for us. Um, yeah, no, Crossroads is a, a kind of, it's got the same feel as um, an X-Files case or like, I even want to say Hellboy in terms of like, it goes through um, mythologies and um, there's a story that goes along with it 
basically each issue is a different um, cryptid that is based in the state that the boys are going through. And um, it, there's also an, a larger overarching story. Sweet. We're going to get into um, what you can tease us on that larger overarching story after we talk to Dave. Dave Steiborn, you are on for Broken Trident, but you aren't talking about Broken Trident. You're talking about the artist of that book. Uh, What have your artists put together with you? Uh, So the artist, uh, Ilar Azizano, he's the main artist from Broken Trident, and then his... uh, kind of counterpart to Oliver Yellow, they uh, together had put together this book called, they they changed the name to How to Build an Army. And when he comes on, he should be on here shortly. Well, I can't remember what he, what he had called it in the Philippines when, because it's already been printed over there, oh, cool. um, just in a very small run. Um, and so when, you know, when we started talking to him about uh, our book, he had told us he had, you know, he had showed us pictures of this one that's kind of one of the part reasons we had picked him as an artist and um it fits our world perfectly and so i guess this story is uh kind of our tagline is that you know it's it's in the it's now set in the same world as broken trident um it's in a land filled with dragons and serpent people and kind of would-be warriors trying to trying to uh save their world um it's kind of like a little light-hearted fun-filled uh epic adventure and and uh I'm going to give Eiler crap later for not being on here to describe his own work for, for him, for himself, but I'm trying to, he, trying to do he, my best with this one. Um, he he and Will are having their own chat on a different stream. Yeah, right. Uh, it's, you know, we're, we're basically acting as publisher here, and I've never done that before, so it's, it's new to me. But, um, right. yeah, we'll, it's, we'll it's get into exciting. that. It's a manga format, so it's, um, it's going to be this five by seven and a half, and... Okay. And uh, we're doing the, we'll get into this more later, I'm sure, but we're doing the Kickstarter Make 100. We're doing 100 hardcover editions, assuming we get, uh, you know, enough backers for that or whatever. And All right. Well, Shawnee is in the chat and she says, happy Friday the 13th, which I guess, um, I guess let's, let's do a, a little curveball. She says, happy Friday the 13th. So, um, Jason, Michael, Freddie, Chucky. Who's the greatest horror slasher of all time? Michael. 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 Yeah. Dave. Yeah, I agree, Michael. I. Because I, it's well, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I. I would really like to make this a conspiracy and a fight and a debate. It's Michael Myers. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it can't be Jason because as much as I like Jason, he's a Michael Myers clone. There yeah. is no Jason without Michael. And as much as I, I loves me some Freddy. Uh, he's the one it's the It's the quiet type that is the prototypical uh, slasher. So as much as I like Chucky and Freddy's quips, yeah, it's Mike. It's, my, it's Mike. It's got to be Mike. But he's very versatile. I mean, in Austin Powers, I would have never thought he would murder people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe the ogre could. Well, um, you know what, Dave? I'm going to give your artist a chance to get in here just in case he can make it. Um, So let's, I'm going to pull up Crossroads. Baron B, what was the first... um, who came to who with, I've got an idea for this story, and what was the pitch to each other as I pull it up? Well, 
<clears throat> it was definitely my deal. Um, I actually sort of went to our artist first before I went to Bear. And I was like, um, there's this story that I really want to tell. I think it's right up your alley. Um, I had been asking Goya to do a comic with us for over a year. And he was like, I'm not going to be good at that. I don't understand comics. Like, I've never done one before. And it's like, no, he hit it out of the park. Yeah. Like, this is his first comic. <clears throat> you can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so I I basically went to Bear and I was like, so we're doing this. And she was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Let me jump let me jump on the adventure. Exactly. Yeah. That's usually how it goes. Yeah. So you said Goya did, didn't really uh, is that how, how you pronounce it? I'm sorry. I just heard it the Goya. first time. Like Goya. Goya and then uh. Um what what didn't they think they could um why didn't they think they could do this and you know what was their their artistic experience before um that when you when you met them so strictly illustrations um he had like he kind of knew sorry <clears throat> he kind of knew manga um but he's from italy and so like he's not really even uh that familiar with traditional American style comics. And so he was like, I just, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and I was like, well, first I gave him a random comic from Sky. And I was like, just, just like do a five page thing and just have fun. We won't even show it to anybody. Like nobody's seen it and it's really mm. good. Um, but nobody's seen it and he won't let me show it to anyone because he's like, I was just learning. And I don't that think was even I've seen it. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't, no. <laughs> oh, but wow. um, getting his feet wet that way uh, sort of encouraged him to do this. And now he's said multiple times, um, I can't believe I didn't start comics earlier. This is so much fun. Like sequential art is so much more rewarding than illustrations for him. So that was, I was like, yeah, you should have listened to me a year ago. It's it's so interesting when um, it is a very different muscle. An illustrator, um, you know, tries to tell a story in one image, and some can really take three or four and tell a story with it, and some you can just tell they just don't have that that flexibility. They've got the muscles, they just don't have the flexibility. Uh, so it's so cool that it it's worked out for you in that way. Um, I noticed it said you said that every issue would have a different cryptid as the boys go state to state to state. Um, how many issues is this envisioned at this point? So, well, the first season we're calling them seasons is yeah. 10, 10 or 12? 12. 12. 12. Mm -hmm. It's 12 issues, but we have maybe four seasons planned um, or three. We've got four, but it's like, it's like, this is our um if it if it doesn't keep going it will because we're us mm, but right. if it doesn't keep going like the first 12 um are good and you could you could end there but right we, yeah it's not gonna <laughs> end on like a cliffhanger or anything like no. that yeah yeah that's smart you're not gonna netflix us you're not gonna no <laughs> well well thank you and uh we're gonna welcome um Eiler? Eiler. Yes, Eiler. 
Tyler, welcome. We're uh, we're talking about uh, Crossroads right now. Happy to have you in. Um, so, thank you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that's really smart to to leave it in a place where you can come back to it if you if you have that opportunity, but not where your supportive fans have, are are left in the lurch. So that's I, I think that's really cool, and it allows you to take a break if you want to, or if Boya gets a, a huge illustration job that's going to keep keep him paid for a year, you don't have to feel feel uh, upset as he obviously takes it because I'm going to assume you're like me. You're paying what you can and not what Boya or Ludo is worth. And uh, if an illustration job comes, you know, we indie writers have to wait a little bit, which I, I'm comfortable with. I'm sure you are, too. Yeah, honestly, like, um, with this book in particular, it's been completely different from how, you know, I've worked with other artists in the past. Like, you know, Anaku is, with Sky, is um, very, like, not hands-off, but, like, whatever you want me to do, just let me know. Don't tell me anything that I don't have to know, <laughs> basically. And, um, you know, that, that's happened to me with a couple of other artists as well. But with Boya, like, he's co-creator. Like, we're crediting him as co-creator of this comic because, like, he loves these characters and he loves the story and he loves, like, and he's helped develop it so much, yeah. too. Like, he's definitely, like, a part of the writing team, even though he's the artist. Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. So... He's been really, really into this, which has been really nice. And I know that um, if we have to take a break, we'll always go back to because he's very protective of these boys now. <laughs> That's, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, it happened with Ludo and, and me as well. We uh, when, when I first started, I, I was going to be at my first convention and I had never been there as I, I'd been to one convention as a reader, much less ever been as a creator. So I just thought, oh, what do you have to do to sell a comic? You have to have a booth babe, right? Like that's that's how it works. You get a booth babe to sell comics. So uh, my friend Vicky was um, uh, a, an aspiring model, gorgeous, wonderful uh, person and, and extraordinarily beautiful girl. And I said, do you want to do it? And she said, sure. So we built her this um, tarp costume and um, it was a skirt and... Um, Victoria is about eight feet tall and seven of those are legs. And uh, she was, we were doing the skirt and she went, I can hike it up higher. And I, I looked at her and I went, no, that's as far as I want tart skirt to go. Now, Vicky, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a saint. I wouldn't mind Vicky wearing a, a higher skirt, but not tart. And you, you fall in love with these creators you create and you almost have a protective thing. So I'm glad to hear that your, your artist has that for your boys as well. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, so one thing that we have in common that I do want to bring up in this wild world of social media, you have your own discord. How did that come about and how do you how do you look at your discord and the community with that um so i i made it just to connect with the fans more um and it's not as active as it should be <laughs> um anymore but now that community has kind of moved over to patreon okay so, you know um 
and but but I've like met one of my best friends ever um, through Discord and through um, the Kickstarter campaigns. So it was just sort of a way to uh, build the community and um, what do you think? I think it's also good for us to keep track of things. <laughs> like, I know that we have like a separate server that's just sort of like our dumping ground of like, all right, this is the link to this file and this is the link to that draft and things like that. And I think it's just, it's, if nothing else, like it, it did used to be a lot more active, but like it always sort of kicks up around the Kickstarters. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, it's, I can just throw some weird picture up there and be like, isn't this funny? And everyone's like, oh yeah. And then like, that's it for like three months. <laughs> but like, it's, that's it, you know? <laughs> and that's fine with me. Hi, Shannon. Thank you for joining us. Um, well, I, I think that it's interesting you said that your your Discord community has moved over to Patreon, but that's your Patreon, right? Yes. Well, that can't be a bad thing. Oh, no, it's not. It's definitely not. I mean, you enjoy I, that. <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of living the dream to have created a space that people enjoyed, and then they moved from the free space to the the space where they're supporting you financially to have the same community. So I, I don't think that's a, a failure on your part as opposed to you built a nice place for people to feel comfortable and now they took the next step. So I, I say I say good for you, but um, all right. Well, um, I'm gonna take down the thing. We're gonna talk about Crossroads a little bit more when we're done, but um, you know, we, we had Dave talk a little bit about um, how to build an army and he teased that this wasn't the first name of this project. So now that we've got the creator here, um, Baylor, how did this come about um, before you met Dave? What, what was this manga story? How, how was it created? Okay. Because um, uh, I really love the fantasy genre. Like um, I love fantasy movies and fantasy anime, uh, anything, fan <laughs> I guess, anything fantasy. So, um, um, I really love those uh, type of uh, stories. So, uh, when I wrote, uh, um, at first it wasn't uh, how to build an army. It was just named after uh, the the basically the protagonist of the story uh, was Veda. Uh, first, I, I would just call it that way because uh, um, my intention when I wrote it is like it. It's a fantasy shonen type of anime, you know, like shonen, like Naruto, or like. Um, so that's why the the main character is a a boy, because eventually he he grow and like upgrade or something. So, it's fantasy, but, like, um, when I wrote it, I was like, my intention was like to have the have that story beat and blend of like how anime uh, write their stories and as well as how how like uh, western uh, stories like are written like that are more like uh, elaborate because in, in animes they're like very episodic and um super at times super comedic and uh, i want that blend of both like you know like not too serious and not too overly uh comedic type of uh 
writing. So right. awesome. So well, yeah, I'm going to pull up the page, and as we go through it, let's talk about it. And um, so, Dave, I believe you said how you two met uh, when we were talking about Broken Trident. But as I pull up the screen, how did how did you guys form uh, your collaboration? So. I was I was playing Dungeons and Dragons a lot, and we actually were uh, <laughs> we were trying to kind of start a the Critical Role type YouTube channel. The funny thing was, I was so new to Dungeons and Dragons, I didn't even know what Critical Role was. I legitimately was just like, let's let's make a YouTube channel. We're we're kind of funny when we do this. Like maybe we can get viewers or whatever. And and then we then I found out what Critical Role was, and I was like, okay, we don't have a chance. <laughs> and uh, um, but I, I, we wanted to commission someone to draw our characters that, that, uh, were in our campaign and my very first D and D character that wasn't even for the YouTube channel. Um, his name was, was elder at the time, um, turned into Janor, the main character of broken trident. I had paid Eiler to, to draw that character. And then, uh, also another character from a different D and D campaign that funnily enough will be in our next uh, mini series of, of Kickstarter comics, but um, our whole table of D and D people ended up paying Eiler and we got to know him pretty well. Hmm. So then when it was time to make the comic, I had, he was the first artist I went to. I had tied messaged a few others on Facebook, but once Eiler told me that he did comics too, um, showed me this work, showed me some other work that he had done. I didn't even really bother looking at the rest of the artists. I, I already had a relationship with him and liked his work enough that you know we we ended up talking about Broken Trident and and uh, yeah. When I see this page, I, I see this up? page. I understand why. <laughs> yeah, I love that page. So this is black and white, which is you know more more of the traditional uh, manga as I understand it. Yes. Um, does this read left to right or right to left? Uh, right to left. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it'll be the manga size, but but still the bound the the like America. Yeah, actually, uh, we had it like drawn. Uh, we had it drawn traditionally and scanned. So. Okay. Very cool. And you own you you write and illustrate this, uh, or what's the art team on this one? Um. I wrote it like um, the way I write things is like it's not like very kind of writer kind of way. It's like I have the scenes in my head, like the story is kind of like this. And um, my editor was like really helping me with, uh, OK, this is what's happening. And like, what do you think? Are they going to say or something? <laughs> so um, I don't know. It's it, it's a like it's a different way of like writing things. It's like when I write things, it's like, I'm just playing, you know, like when you're a kid, you have the story in your head and you're playing with your toys. Mm -hmm. And like, I like to think that's the way my process works. Like, uh, I'm just, um, I feel like when I write, um, um, I have, I have a slight, uh, idea of what's going on, but it's like in my head, it's like, it's alive. It, it just comes to life. And, and I just wrote things that whatever that pops up, so yeah, awesome. yeah. you're just finding it on the page, basically. Yes, yeah. Basically, I'm just uh, I'm just finding the the what's what's ever going to happen on the page. 
you know, it's funny how Baron B had mentioned that their their artist is essentially, you know, the co-creator of the dog. Um, we kind of look look at that like that with Eiler for Broken Trident as well because he's he's brought such life to our characters. Um, you know, we've really involved him in the creation process, and we actually changed our writing style going forward for issue two of Broken Trident. I want to make this more about how to build an army, but I got to bring this up because. Yeah. he's so good at what he does um that we were we were very like writing it very like strict style like this is what we want here here and here and now with with the next issue of broken trident where we are now like not even writing out what the characters are saying really we kind of have an idea of it but we're just saying this is what's happening on this page give it to eiler like we told him you know for the first i don't know i think we had five pages planned and he, yeah. he gave us nine. <laughs> and huh? so now we're writing the script based on those nine pages and go, uh, yeah. you know, going forward with that. So. so you're going full Marvel method. Nice. Yeah. Um, way off topic, but I wanted to just bring this up because it's kind of funny to me. Kevin, is your hair still long or did you get it cut? I can't tell with your, your I, hat I, on. I cut it, buddy. Oh, okay. I it. I, so I saw Eiler's picture on our Kickstarter with his short hair. And the first picture yeah. I ever seen of you on Facebook or something was also short hair. And then when I saw you for the first time on the live stream, you had the really long hair. And it just, I was like, I've watched you and Eiler both, your evolution of your hair lengths. Yeah, that, that was like, the picture was like pre-pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. When, when, when pandemic came, like all the barbershops are closed and you, you couldn't get a haircut. Right. And, and after uh, after that period of time, and when the barbershops were open, and, and it was like, man, I don't want to cut it anymore. So. I, I had the exact same story, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, what I decided is I am going to cut my hair for the rest of my life every two to three years. <laughs> I am not going there every six weeks anymore. That is a waste of time. That is a waste of money. That is a waste of mm. my life. I'm going to be, and if Dave, if we talk on Broken Trident 5 or How to Build an Army Season 3, I'm, I'm going to be trying to catch Eiler. But, um, <laughs> yeah, what, like, I'm, 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 I think I'm, you were yeah. as long as him last time we talked. I think in March of last year. I think your hair was that long. I think he's got. I think he's got me even at my longest. I, I don't think it? it was. Yeah, I, it, it was 14 inches when when oh, we measured okay. it. Okay. Um, but I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm seeing about 18 inches there on. on <laughs> but yeah, it was just um, basically. I don't know if I've told the story in the show, but um, I needed a haircut when everything shut down. And so I asked uh, on a on a, a dare friends on a Zoom. Um, they dared me to let my daughter cut my hair, and I was like, "Sure, what the heck?" <laughs> so she cut all up here, and then her hands got tired. Whatever. <laughs> Two or three weeks later, I asked my wife to do it, and she cut all up here, and then her hands got tired. And I was like, "I'm going to come out of now you got pandemic, a mullet. <laughs> not a mullet with a super mullet with with a." The, the most steroid-filled mullet in the history of all mankind. And I'm, you know, like, I went to a redneck high school. I can't, I can't have a mullet because I'm too stereotypical. I gotta, I gotta stay away. So I was like, that's it. I'm not, no one's cutting my hair again until, until this is over. Because I thought it would be over. I was so silly. I thought the pandemic would end. Like, I know, I know, stupid me, but, um, 
Yeah, and then I finally I was just like, it's it's time. Let's 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 get it cut. So uh, yeah, but Eiler, I'm gonna I, in three years I'm gonna be I'm gonna be catching you and yeah. then deciding to go cut it again. <laughs> and this has been hair talk on Explain Yourself. <laughs> right? Sorry, we got right. way off on a tangent. <laughs> oh no, tangents tangents are what this show is built on. No, we we love it. Um, so yes, uh, uh, very, very yes, Shawnee, very, very Kevin. Uh, we have to make our own fun during pandemics. That's what I have learned. Um, so, um, how is is there a possibility of another volume of How to Build an Army? Because I know that the book was was already done. Can you yeah. revisit this? Because I know that it's now part of the Broken Trident world, or Broken yes. Trident is part of the How to Build the Army world. I don't know how that works. Yeah, the same um, world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, because um, we found out when we uh, when we talked about the broken trident like elements, we found out that we have lots of uh, similarities in the, the genre and um, like the races are are already similar. So we just decided that maybe we could you know like make make them into like uh, just what. Well, the broken trident story is like happening over here, and this is happening over there. Kind of on the opposite side of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opposite the, the, side of the world. The the funniest part about it was when you when you look through the pages of, of how to build an army, there's like the what like the serpent style people or snake style yeah. people. Um, me and Travis, the the co writer of Broken Trident, um, we as kids. We're trying to write comics. That, you know, they were awful. They were, the characters were super cheesy, and but we had created a serpent race, and and the the art of them was. I did the art. I'm not a good artist, and you know, they were they were kind of funny. And and the cool thing is, is Eiler basically the serpent people in his story are like what I would have liked those serpent people to be that I created when I was. Ken and Travis was six or whatever. Like it's what you sat down to draw but couldn't. Yeah, ex exactly. So it was just okay. so funny, like how much, how much stuff lined up between yeah. me and Travis and Eiler was just perfect. Well, right, and and from you know the whole a whole globe away, you know that's that's really amazing that right. somehow you guys found each other. So that's kind of yeah, like destined destined to be yeah. somehow. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of which, like, uh, yeah, before, because before, before the, before I accepted the project, I don't know, because this is kind of like, uh, we're going to like uh, superstitious stuff. Okay. So before <laughs> I accepted the project, I had like a dream, like I was underwater. I was inside I a submarine. Yeah, I, I did. But because uh, it, it feels silly, but I'm going to tell you now, because um, I had a dream, like I was inside a submarine and uh, I was talking with fishes, like underwater, <laughs> and my my submarine looked like uh, on the outside it looked like a fish, so I was like, I was like uh, um, talking to fishes, and somehow like I have buttons, and when I press it, like my my submarine like talks to fishes, mm -hmm. and, and we were communicating. I don't know where, what we're talking about. But, um, and, and then I forgot about that dream. And then when we had the meeting, it just like, like, and their idea was like, oh, there's this underwater civilization, like, it was about water. And it was like, 
okay, this is like this was like a, what I dreamt. Like <laughs> that's weird. So I was like, oh, I had a good, I have a good feeling about this project. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, work on it. Like that's that's you know, like who knows who knows how the universe works, right? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, you you guys just happen to run into each other. You have this dream. They pitch this thing the next day. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to be the one to tell you that isn't the universe talking to you right. through your fish buttons. I don't, you know. Yeah. yeah. I know. And now he's drawn, like, I mean, uh, Kevin, you've seen Broken Trident 1, like that, those first few pages with the underwater, like, sea creatures being used as submarines type things. Mm -hmm. He's basically drawn his dream. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's cool. And you hadn't even told him that as you were drawing it? <laughs> No, this is the first I've heard this story, so I love this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I have like uh, artworks uh, way before, like years before. Have have one like uh, art set, like uh, set of sketches that are all underwater, like fish people. I have like uh, sketches of like fish environment uh, environments and have this artwork uh, where there's this Atlantean that's riding riding a, a uh, motor motorized underwater vehicle um I, I told and I showed uh, Dave about this artwork but uh, the thing is that our our setting for for the underwater city was like uh, on a different like time uh, time period so the high-tech stuff uh, won't work. So what I told them is um, I really love the idea that, you know, the underwater civilization is like ha have this uh, vehicles like and has this traffic that's almost like what we see in metropolitan, uh, metropolitan areas. So I was like, oh, can we do like um, instead of high tech, high tech vehicles, could we do like a fish that would act like uh, ra uh, horse uh, horse carts right like mm -hmm. but instead of horse carts it'd be like fish carts underwater so that's where the idea of the the first uh, panel that you can see that on on the broken trident uh, city with where they're like uh, fish carts i remember when you sent me the concept art for that i, I immediately sent it to travis before because travis eiler and i now all have a discord together but with the time i Travis doesn't have Facebook or, or any social media, so I, I would use Eiler. Yeah, I know. I would use Facebook Messenger to con talk to Eiler and then send everything to Travis in old-fashioned text message. Right. And so I remember sending that to Travis, like, "Oh my God, look, this is perfect. Like this, he already had this. Like this fits our 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 world so so well." That's cool. Now I'm gonna tell a tell a secret. Now I personally know that B comes to this with an artistic background because I've seen. A comic that she drew but i know that you you've gone into the writing for your own reasons so when you write do you start visually like either or do you start um with words like how, how does your brain work when you start to write your comics um it's definitely like i see a movie i don't even see comic like i don't see comic format or even like it's like a movie and then um i i put it all down and then I throw it to her and then she chops it up into panels and stuff. Okay. Um, I actually find paneling like really tiring. I love it. <laughs> I don't like it. And it's, it's probably why I didn't last as an artist. 
I don't but, know. Has anybody else here watched Mythic Quest on Apple TV? There, it's it's a if you like Sunny in Philadelphia, it's like um, Sunny in Philadelphia, a little bit grown up. It's okay. the characters are just as terrible, but there's it's Rob McElhenney kind of grown up as a as a creator, but mm -hmm. with all the same hilarious humor, and I I recommend it highly. But the two characters do have this macro versus micro one is one is big picture one is i can see it but i can't build it and the others i can build it but i don't see it and so that is great that you found this you know obviously you know obviously you work well together but um it's great that you can also work well together creatively creatively you know that's that's cool yeah we really found a groove i think like um maybe when we got to like issue five of sky <laughs> we finally figured it out like what it is that i do versus what he does in terms of our writing and um and then she gives it back to me and i go this is wrong what you tell me this is wrong go fix it mm -hmm. but that's pretty much how we work yeah that's it's awesome. definitely a good system and it works for us because yeah, I get bogged down sometimes in bigger stuff and, or like the tiny little details of things. And so if she does the outlines, it's just like, okay, I don't have to worry about that because it's right here. Yeah, you're, you you can kind of just carve, you can carve the turkey once she's cooked it. <laughs> yes, exactly. How do you do it with uh, Tyler, Dave? Not with Travis. Oh, Travis, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, basically, I have, the same I have way, two though. cousins. One's Travis and one's Tyler. Oh, so funny! I'm make that mistake forever. Sorry. Oh, that's fine. That, that's funny, actually. Uh, you know, it's funny that you say it too, because last time I was on your show, Travis couldn't make it either. But Travis Gibb was on your show, oh, yeah. and I was talking about Travis, and we kept having to be like, "No, my Travis." <laughs> <laughs> um, but so Travis, Travis is an English major, um, and and he's very like critical of his of his own work overly critical of his own work and he'd be the first one to tell you that and he years and years ago was like i really want to write a graphic novel he wanted to just go right into like a big work instead of starting with comics and at the time i've you know i told you him and i wrote comics as kids but i was so busy with work and having my own kids and stuff that i couldn't do it and and then when i came to him with this idea for broken trident uh it just it worked out so perfectly because he he's never been able to write his graphic novel because he can't like word vomit onto a page like he he has to like write it out like perfectly he corrects his grammar as he types like it, it's got it's like perfection or nothing and when i write i'm just like a million words a minute like it doesn't matter if it makes sense it doesn't matter if it's spelled right there's un red underlines on everything like the grammar doesn't make sense. I, I get it all out there. And then if it wasn't for Travis, I would have to then go back in and re-edit my shit mess of, of words. Right. But Travis is so good at it. We call him the editor, but he's he's the co-writer and editor because he's come up comes up with a lot of this himself too. But he fixes, excuse me, he fixes my mess and, and makes it make sense. I think we all want our first draft to be perfect, but that perfection can be the enemy of finishing anything. You know, it's like, yeah, for sure. You, I think that that's something that you, 
we, I, I think sometimes you can feel when something isn't working and it's okay to stop and right. start again. If you just feel like it's just not working, mm -hmm. but it is preferable to finish a bad story and try another draft than it is to keep perfecting page one uh, and never get to page two. Because, right. Right. you know, it, you, you really want a good page one in your comic, but if it doesn't lead to page two, it doesn't get you anywhere. So I, right. I think it, it's cool that everybody here has kind of found found their groove of how to get something done, whether it be dogs are allowed on this show. Dogs are allowed on this show. They don't have to hide. They bolted like off of her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what you guys, um, um, you know, in the Philippines and, and up north don't know is we're having our first cold snap, maybe our second cold snap of the winter. And so Where are you again, Kevin? I'm in Fort Lauderdale and Bear oh. Beer about, uh, what, 45 minutes north of me? Maybe an hour. Yeah. Maybe an hour. So they're, they're what's your cold like, snap? Like fifty? I yeah. think it's gonna hit forty tonight. So yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you for? So uh, probably, probably we're not we're at can you see my phone? We're at nine. Nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're off one of the Great Lakes, right? Uh, I'm way south in Minnesota, so I'm not by oh. the Great Lakes, but the, the Lake Superior is Duluth, Minnesota is on Lake Superior. I, I just I was in San Antonio last week for my son's basic training graduation, and oh my god, I did not want to come back here. Like it was seventy eight degrees, and we were walking around in shorts. Like, and then you come back here, and it, it wasn't too cold. It, we were having a warm front. It was like thirty. Yeah. Well, you know the weirdest thing. I I swear to God, I don't understand this. Forty eight down here is colder than twenty eight in Cleveland. Because my, my wife's from Cleveland, we go up there and visit, and it's 28 degrees, and it feels wonderful. And it's 46 here, and, I, and I'm... and <laughs> It's probably the, something with the humidity or something, I imagine, because... A when, little bit. When I, was, when I was in the Air Force, I was in Mountain Home, Idaho, and it, it, it doesn't get as cold there as it does here. It, it's like 25 is cold there, you know? Like, that's the right. coldest it gets, and... and um, uh, on the flight line, though, when you're in like this, I was working on airplanes. I was in the Air Force there. Uh, the straight winds were terrible, and I went to Alaska on deployment, and it was warmer and nicer in Alaska. And the temperatures weren't much different, but it was just it just felt not cold. Right, right, right. All right, Bobby's in the chat, and and yo to you, Bobby. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Bobby's new to me, so uh, I hope he's one of your your readers. So th welcome to the chat. Hey, welcome to explain yourself. If you have any questions about Crossroads or how to build an army, please put it in the chat. We'll get it answered. Um, I, hey, really you know, quick. Eiler, did you say the original name of how to build an army? Yeah, um, Veda. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was okay. Okay, I knew that. Yeah, the, the name of the protagonist. Yeah. Okay, okay. Hey, as as a guy with the comic name chart, I'm I'm with naming it after the protagonist. You know, get don't take time, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to me, and I'm like, how many words can I fit into a sentence? Can it be a sentence? Is that okay? And help us to rebuild the sky. Can it be a sentence? <laughs> it absolutely can. I think uh, what is it? The house at the end of the lake. Uh, um, who's killing the children? I think that you you are on. On the trend, and since I know, um, and can we rebuild the sky was before I heard of either of those. 
I knew you were ahead of the trend, even though no one will give you that credit when, when your comic comes out. I know. Um, yeah, I named it back when I was 19. Yeah, 19. Um, I like so that. Long that. Ago. No, like 2004. <laughs> I think that naming something a, a work is one of the most difficult things you can do. I. I've worked on things yeah. for a year and not known what to call it. I've known exactly what I, whether I want people to laugh at it, whether I want people to, you know, cry at it, but I don't know what to call it or, or even a good name. You know, I, I don't know how to title something. So, um, me neither. <laughs> so, all right. So Re let's remember let's the ship. The, the oh ship. my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't know what to call it. Like, um, the ship from the Broken Trident ship, yeah, we, we took a lot of time like naming it. It was like, we were we like working on the pages. Idea. Yeah, we, we were like uh, two, two months or three months working on the pages already. And we were about to launch and we still don't have a name for the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How did so you guys come up with one? We, we, we pulled the, the, the email list and, and we had probably 10 submissions and... Then we someone had said the invitus and they, they kind of told us what the invitus meant and everything and um and and yeah we just yeah that we were like okay we're going with this uh, we like, it was the best one of all the submissions and what an elegant solution because you've also given your audience an investment in the book so you right you pawn this thing that's already giving you a headache off on people and yet. You get a good name. You're part of it. Yeah. And they're exactly. part of it. So that's brilliant. I, all yeah. right. I think I'm going to steal that for the next time I get. In. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can't come up with a name to the Discord. Well, we and then a contest uh, for one demon's name. We, we did allow people to put it in. So. Yeah. I'll give you another little insider secret. We still don't have a name for the big bad for Broken Trident. <laughs> my my, my nine year old daughter. Has still, she's like, always asked me, do, do you have a name for your bad guy yet? No. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Eventually, eventually, yeah. maybe, it, I know, you know, like the bad guy would reveal himself. So, right. like, to yeah. sometimes I like to think that our stories are like alive, like, you know, like they just reveal themselves. That, yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it too. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the folk singer um, Arlo Guthrie? Hmm. Okay, so look him up. He's wonderful. He's really funny. Um, he he did um, um, Alice's Restaurant. Um, it's about an 18-minute song. Really funny. I recommend it highly. So my I was living in New York, and my parents were visiting me, and I found out that Arlo Guthrie was going to do a show at... Um, one of the major, major um, theaters there, and I'm blanking on it right now, and it's not important to the story, but I got tickets. So we, we were there, and Arlo is, he'd start a song, he'd be, be singing the song, and he'd just stop and go into a story. And when he was done with the story, he would go back in on exactly the same note he stopped in, and the band would just start back and they'd finish the song. So he's playing at one point, and he goes, you know, I, I wrote this song once, and you know, as a folk singer coming along with with Bob Dylan, it's it's rough, you know, because I, I said I think of a songwriting as fishing. You know, like the songs are there, you just got to catch it. 
And I just hate fishing downstream of Bob Dylan. <laughs> I, I, I said to him once, can't you throw some of the little ones back? <laughs> so, yeah. So I think there is that there's something, you know, like, like I said, I'm not going to tell you that that wasn't the universe talk. And I'm not going to tell you that these stories aren't sort of out there. And then we, yeah. we meld them and we find them and, and we massage them, but who knows where they yeah. really come from. <laughs> Tate right. says, uh, as for the name, pay no attention to the bad guy behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think that as you get closer, maybe you can just uh, crowdsource that that as well. But yeah. if it, if it, you know, if it comes to you, it'll come to you too. Right. Um, All right. Well, just because naming things is my favorite thing. And so it, I'm always like, you just name it. Yeah, that's what, all, that's what all of my, like anybody who wants like something named, they just ask me to do it. Well, because well, I, I might email you or join your Discord or something. Go for it. I don't know why, but like it's one of my favorite things to do. So this conversation's like, oh, really? It's hard. <laughs> So what I'll need you to do is is text me the um, the Discord and we'll put it in the show notes. So if anybody wants to join the Bear and B Discord, we'll we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Warning, fair warning, you're going to enjoy it and you're going to join their Patreon. So it will cost you money, but well <laughs> worth it. Well worth it. And a warm up period. Yeah, I, I was actually going to ask you guys too what like what you said you had a Patreon. So that means you're putting out like. At, at least monthly content then right like what are you what are you putting out on the patreon so um we have about five different comics that we have ongoing um two of which have had kickstarters uh well the current one is our second um but basically it's uh early access to those comics um because then we also post it on tapas uh the web comic and we do a different version you know so that we have the traditional art and that's going to be like obviously printed one day and that's what we post on patreon and then we have the web comic version which is like a scrolling format okay um, that's what i was going to ask you was it a web comic yeah so it's, it's both um we hmm. originally like my artist does both like that's part of uh yeah the package like per page it's going to be this version and this version and and okay. the lettering and stuff she does too um she also does like anything that she sketches and anything that um she and also boya like both of them i've got two artists anaku who does sky and then boya who does crossroads and um anything that she comes up with um i'm allowed to put on my patreon so nice no that's great yeah I, that's as a writer i've never figured out how to to offer a Patreon where I felt like I was, because I can't control when the artist will deliver, but having multiple comics allows you, you can't control when Boya gets a page to you, you can ask, but right. if you've got five different comics going, you probably can deliver pages to your audience. So that's a, that's a nice way to do it. Yeah, and you we just, always have a big stockpile, like built up a buffer. And we say when things are gonna be premiered, like, um, Hey guys, look forward to issue three of this um, starting in two months. 
No, that's we awesome. Had for a while we did short stories also, just like little, like yeah, blurbs and things like that. Yeah, um, like insight into the characters and things like that. Um, maybe with an with the text to go with it. Um, so yeah, little short things like that too. We 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 try to post at least once a week. Um, we kind of ramp up around Kickstarter. Yeah, I've been doing like three times a week lately. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do, it's it's 10 to 12 in my time, so um, let's do one more quick um, quick hitter on both both books. Now, um, I don't know if you do comic conventions, Eiler, but if you were at a show or at a comic shop or a manga shop and, and somebody was walking up to you, how would you get their attention in about 30 seconds on how to build an army? Um, I guess, well, if you like fantasy uh, adventures if you like to fantasy anime like uh isekai animes and yeah things like uh shield hero and and if you're into like uh fantasy stories like narnia and uh lord of the rings and yeah if you're, you're a fantasy fan then uh this this is a comic for you Awesome. All right. Baron B, one more time. Crossroads. Um, use your words. Okay. Let's see if we got better this time. You want me to do it? No, I can do it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, this. All right. So, um, it is a story about two brothers who are spreading their father, their strange father's ashes across country. Um, it turns out that. In every stop they go at, there's a new cryptid that they have to figure out a way to contain for at least a year. Good? Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. And it um, <laughs> is definitely reminiscent of um, more so X-Files because we like the horror part of it, I think, um, more than like Supernatural or um, even Hellboy. Um, Plus, one of the characters used to be a cop, so he's, like, thinking about it in terms of case files. So, that's, and one of them's trying to be a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, I am going to just talk about one of the campaigns that is still live that we talked about last week and a couple friends just launched. So, as always, you can hang and be part of that conversation. Um if um, if it's lunchtime in the Philippines or if it's uh, time to go to bed, I totally understand that too. Um, but um, Shawnee Myers just hit in the chat. Uh, you are all awesome. Have a great night, folks. So uh, thank you, Shawnee. They are. So last week we had a chance to talk to Matt Mira Lowry. He does an amazing sci-fi um, anthology called Thoughtscape Comics. The um, conceit behind that is that a company has figured out how to um, find in this other dimension every idea that has ever been conceived in the history of humankind and turn them into stories. And Thoughtscape Comics is those stories. Um, really recommend if you get it, reading issues one and two. I, I recommend getting all three, but I haven't read three because you start to see some characters interacting and intertwining as uh, Matt gets to write 
all of these stories with multiple amazing artists. So I really like Thoughtscape Comics and I hope that you guys can check it out. Um, slightly different um, is uh, our, our friends Phil and Kat have a comic. They do um, the anthology by visibility. And out of that, they did their by visibility pen set with, um, you know, little, little kitty cat, little, little dog. You can pick your rainbow colored dog or cat. And now they have opened it up. There is trans pens, ace pens, uh, a, a rainbow colored dragon. If you like fantasy and you want to go to a convention and fly your colors, this is a great pen set. And I do have the first set of pens and they are extraordinarily beautiful pens. So if you want to wear them, I recommend them. Um, we also have um, Torchlight Games is uh, Brant and Lisa Fowler's uh, game company. Uh, they do they do puzzles, and uh, I believe this one is. Um, let me look at it so I just don't get it wrong. Um, this one is Alice in Wonderland, I believe. But you can get multiple different. Um, no, no, no. This is Wizard of Oz. Wonderland and Neverland were the first uh, campaign. Um, uh, so you can get a puzzle. You can check it out. They do amazing uh, books like Last Ember and Bloom Pretty. And they're great people. And Steve Bryant, who I'm going to try to uh, convince to come on the show uh, in the next couple weeks, he just launched a campaign for Evie Van Helsing. Um, and this is if the um, heir to the Van Helsing throne of vampire hunters really just wanted to be a rock star guitarist and gets thrown into the world and she has to figure out where she exists. So issue one just launched and they are killing it. The art is really cool and Steve's a great dude. So check those campaigns out if they interest you. And um, before we go, really appreciate um, all four of you joining us. Uh, I hope that uh, I hope your campaigns kill it. I know you're both getting right into that super important halfway funded. And uh, if we if we keep going, we're gonna we're gonna kill it, and you're gonna get funded, and we'll see you for the next installment of your books. Sound good? Sounds good. Right. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you guys for joining, Eiler. It's very nice to meet you, and everybody in the chat. Uh, I think we had Shawnee, Bobby, Tate, um, uh, Shannon. Thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye. Right. Thank you.